Thank you, praise team. We do want to keep in prayer um, Charles Payne. He's having um, some, some heart rhythm issues, and so he's on medication, and we're praying for you and him and Sandy, and uh, just remember him. And then remember Judy Toole, her, her brother, is, continues to be in the hospital. And then Wilma, we want to extend our condolences to Wilma on the passing of her brother uh, this weekend, and as we get more details, we'll, we'll definitely make you aware of the arrangements for her brother. And a lot of things going on in the church, and we, we need to be praying for one another, right? And uh, so just keep all those important things in your, in your prayers. Uh, the, the question for today, is, as we're talking about hearing the voice of God, is are you a good listener? Now, husbands and wives don't look at each other when I, when I talk about being good listeners. Are, are you a good listener? And as I think about listening, I always, I always think about this, this clip from the, the classic movie, um, that, that all spiritual people should watch, Three Amigos. Um, go ahead. We don't have to watch the whole movie. Um, are you a good listener? Or are you like uh, the, the two guys on the ground that, that people could be jumping up in front of you saying, hey, 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 look at me, look at me, and, and you're not here? You know, th this ideal of listening for, for me is a lifetime development. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, 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 I am a work in progress on this. And who would be honest enough to say I am a work in progress in listening? And, and, I, and I do think it's a skill that we continue to develop our whole life. Um, when I was younger, it seemed at times that I just was so preoccupied that, uh, and sometimes to the point of disinterest in listening, and uh, nobody else has ever been like that, right? That, that's just me. As I've grown older, it, it's sometimes I can hear but not process. <laughs> Any, anybody out there over 50 years old that can acknowledge, there's times when you're hearing the words, but the words just don't register what they mean, and uh, you know, so, so there's an honest, you know, I've, I've got a really as I age, and uh, some of you are saying, and, I, and God bless you when you say this, that I'm a young man, thank you very much. And some of you sitting over here are thinking I'm a very, very old man, uh, height, and uh, <laughs> oh Lord, help us all. Uh, are you a good listener? How, how do you do? Are you, are, are you interested when you listen? Are you slow in the intake? Today, of course, we're, we're, we're focusing on hearing the voice of God. But, but honestly, the, the skill of listening is, is not just about hearing from God, but hearing from others. And, and I think some of the things that we'll talk about today, if we take them to heart, will help us in listening to each other as well. And, and I think that's important. I, I tend to believe that, that if we can't listen to each other, it's going to be very difficult to listen to God. Uh, so, so if you can't hear your spouse, if you can't hear your kids, if you can't hear your, your parents, if you can't hear your loved ones, your friends, your boss, that, that, then I think it will be very difficult for us to hear a God who's unseen. And so I think this, this practice of listening, if we want to truly hear from God, it's something that we'll practice in our homes as well. And, and so we're going to be talking about listening to God. And as we, 
as we walk through this, as we talk about this this morning, I, I think when you talk about hearing from God, uh, I think you're talking about what keeps us from having an open relationship with God. You know, it's, it's the same thing that keeps us from having an open relationship with others. Those, those barriers uh, to hearing and, and being, really being with those we hold most dear. I, I don't believe personally that God is aloof. I, I don't believe God is standoffish. I don't believe God is quiet too long in our life. I, I think most of the time, if we're not hearing from God, I think there's instances where, where we're not hearing from God because God's purposefully being quiet. But for the most part, I think in my life, most of the times when I've not been hearing from God, it's because I've not been listening and not that God's not been speaking. Say, say, I believe God still speaks. Do you believe that this morning? <laughs> I believe God's desire is to have an open communication with His people. For I, I believe God wants us to understand His will and follow His will. Right? And, and so that, that, that's the foundation of this. When, when we start, you know, if you believe that God really doesn't want to speak to you, it will be very difficult to believe that you should listen for the voice of God. And so it begins with this understanding, I believe, it begins with this understanding that God wants to speak and He wants us to hear. And so we're getting ready to have a one-day revival with, with Bob Flint. I believe God speaks um, through preachers. You know, it always feels self-serving saying that because God, God is speaking to you through me, so listen to what I have to say. Um, but I still believe in that, 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 that God in, in the privacy of my office will speak and, and what he says to me, I try to convey to you. And I, and I believe even now God has spoken to Pastor Bob and Bob has a message from God for us. And so there's an importance to, to hearing what God would have to say. And, and it's, an impor it's important to us. I, I would say this, for the past few months... God has been speaking to me in a lot of loud ways. <laughs> Sometimes uncomfortable ways. Anybody ever have that where God speaks and you think, man, I wish you wouldn't have said that to me because uh, now I'm a little bit more uncomfortable. You know, God, God's been pushing me and, and, and I can sense and hear His voice. I, 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 I would have to say almost more than any time in my life. I sense the voice of God. And, and I think God's wanting to speak to us as a people, as a church. I, I don't know what it is. I don't, you know, some, some people say, oh, it's last days. I, I don't know. But I do know this. If God's wanting to speak, I want to hear. And, and so we're going we're gonna to look at this today through an old story. It's one of those stories that's way back in, in the flannel graph series that we we traced last, you know, we, we, we talked about how there's these consistent uh, cycle uh, cycles, there's rebellion, and then there's oppression, and the people cry out, and then God sends a deliverer, and, and you see this over and over, you know, we, we see that the people are being oppressed in Egypt, and really that's not because of rebellion, that's just just was part of the wondering, to be honest, that they ended up there and they began to be oppressed and they cry out and, and God sends this deliverer, Moses, 
And then they wander for 40 years in the wilderness because they're not willing to listen to God and take the promised land. And, and so they wander for 40 years, and then Joshua leads them over the Jordan River. They begin to possess the land. But, but then they have this cycle in the book of Judges, which is the sixth book of the Bible uh, that, that, go, that, that occurs over and over, where, where God delivers, and they stray, and they're oppressed, and they cry out, and God delivers. And, and over and over and over, God sends these individuals that we call judges, like Samson and Deborah and Gideon. And these judges lead the people and deliver them uh, from their oppression. And today we're going to talk about the, the last judge, which is Samuel. And Samuel serves as, as a bridge between the judges and the kings. As a matter of fact, Samuel operates for, for the first part of his ministry as judge. And then he's, he's, he's deeply connected with Saul and David. As a matter of fact, he anoints Saul and he anoints David. And, and, and he, he begins to operate less like judge and more like prophet. And, and so he serves these two roles. And, and, and in his story, I, I believe we can begin to see how God wants to speak. Now, now Samuel's mother is Hannah. And, and her husband's Elkanah. And Elkanah has another wife, Penea. And, and Penea is able to have children. And Hannah's not able to have children. And, and, and there's a lot of stress, as you might imagine, in this family relationship. And, and, and Hannah uh, is crying out for children. And, and Elkanah, her husband, says, Am I not enough for you? <laughs> and Hannah says, No, uh, you're not. And so they're, they're in Shiloh, and, and they're praying, and um, she's praying, and she's praying for a child, and, and, and the priest is Eli. And, and so she, she's praying at the place of worship, and, and, and she's intense. Anybody ever have those intense moments of prayer? You know, she's intense. You know, she's wrestling with this, this deep hurt, this deep desire. And, and she's praying and her lips are moving, but, but words aren't coming out. And Eli, the priest, shows a lot of discernment here. <laughs> uh, not. And as she's praying, he says, why are you getting drunk? He, he makes this assumption about this broken-hearted lady that was completely false. It's in my notes, but, but as, I, as I think about that, folks, we have to be careful about the assumptions we make about people in church Amen. and their intentions and what's going on in their life. You know, you know what I've discovered in my life, and, and, and it's not that I'm that smart, but, but what I've discovered is people come from circumstances sometimes that we don't even understand. And when we judge people without digging deeper into those circumstances, we're usually far from the truth. And Eli the priest is far from the truth. This isn't some drunk lady that doesn't know how to pray. This is some broken-hearted lady that can't even begin to utter the words she wants to utter. She can't even say them. 
and she explains to him, and, and, and Eli backs off, and you know, he, he, he blesses her and, and, and prays that she will have a child by the next time she's there. And, and, and the whole time Hannah's been saying, Lord, if you just give me a child, I'll give this child back to you. And they can, they can serve Eli the priest. She probably had second, you know, second doubts when, when Eli said that to her. But she decided to follow through. She, and sure enough, she had a child. And this child was Samuel. And so she brings Samuel back, and he begins to serve Eli. Now, now the, the, the rest of the story is Hannah has more children after Samuel. But, but Samuel is left with Eli the priest. Now, if any of you want to give children to the church, we are not accepting right now, okay? Keep them yourself. Now, now the Bible tells us that Eli's sons, in my translation, in the New American Standard, it says they were worthless men. And they, and they were doing some things with the, the sacrifices. And, you know, they, they, they were allowed to, like, put their fork into the sacrifice after the fat had been burned off and pull out meat and eat. You know, that was okay. But instead of that, they were saying, give us your whole sacrifice so we can roast it, fat and all. We're, we're not worried that you give anything to God. All we're concerned about is you give us what we're due. And Eli didn't do anything he didn't do anything with his sons. And they were taking advantage of the people. And that's the context of the story. We have God silent. We have worthless priest. We have wandering people. And then we get to 1 Samuel chapter 3. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. And then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and, and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. My son Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down and let me sleep. That's not in there, but he said that. <laughs> now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down. If he calls, calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. At that time I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons blasphemed God and he failed to restrain them. Therefore I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. 
Samuel lay down until morning and then opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision, but Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son? Samuel answered, Here I am. What was he said to you? Eli asked, Do not hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely, if you hide from me anything he told you. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. Then Eli said, He is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up. And he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. And all of Israel from Dan to Beersheba recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. That's a little interesting little story, but, but, but I think in the, in the midst of the story, we see some principles that will help us if we want to hear the voice of God. And the first question I have for you this morning is this, are you available? Are you available? We see Samuel, and he's in a place where God can speak, right? He's right there by the Ark of the Covenant. He's right there by the presence of God. He was available for God. And we know, we believe that God is not restrained by place or time, right? Right? God speaks more than in a temple. And this isn't about just location, but this is about our heart. This is about being available if God speaks. How do you make yourself available for someone you love? What are the things that you do? Well, we, we turn the TV off, right? Every once in a while we turn the TV off. We, we put our cell phones down. We, we, we direct our eyes towards the person that we love. We, we begin to, to, to turn our ears towards them. Several years ago, and it wasn't here, it wasn't anybody here, don't try to guess. Anytime a pastor tells a story, I realize that you're trying to figure out if it's, some, if it's you or somebody else in the church. It has nothing to do with this church, okay? Somebody called me, and, and they were getting ready to go on a mission trip, and, and they were concerned about this mission trip, and I had some experience there. And, and, and even though I wasn't their pastor, they, they wanted to meet with me and talk about it, and so they scheduled this appointment with me. And, and, and I, you know, I took time out of my schedule and drove about 45 minutes and get to this restaurant and sit down to talk to this person. And, and right before we begin to say, oh, wait a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 20 minutes in to this phone call, I finally said, listen, <laughs> you scheduled this. I know, I, I'm so gentle in my approach at times. You scheduled this. I think you need to hang the phone up if you want to talk to me. You know, how often do we say we want to hear, but we're really not available for the other person to speak, and we're not available for God? So, so are there barriers to communication? Are, are you too busy? We, we just finished, and, and many of us went through um, the Ortberg book, um, and, and he talked about hurry sickness. Are, are you too busy to hear? Are, are you too frantic? Are you too tired 
Anybody too tired this morning to hear? Yeah, just take a nap. Or are you too preoccupied? Are you disinterested? See, these things affect our relationships with other people and they affect our relationship and our ability to hear from God. Are you finding times in your day to remove distractions and focus solely on God? You know what I hear most often as a pastor? I will hear people that will say, when you talk about finding particular times to pray, they'll say, well, pastor... I'm in prayer all day long. You know, I'm just so super spiritual that wherever I find myself, I am just in prayer. And, and maybe you're like that. You know what I find in my life? If I don't find particular times to stop and intentionally listen to God, I won't hear Him the rest of the day. That the only way I can train myself to hear him in unexpected times is if I pay attention in the expected times. Are you setting times to hear from God? Are you making intentional space for God? Now, now I will tell you this. Here's my issue. And maybe no one else is like this. I sometimes will set the intentional time, but then I'll rush through the intentional time. Anybody like that? It's like, okay, it's time for God. Did that, done that. And, and I'll read my Bible, and, and I'll get through so quickly, and it will be passed. And it's like I'm checking off something off my list. Want to hear from God? I think we need to set some intentional times and value those intentional times that we set. Do you surround yourself? And this is the second thing. Do you surround yourselves with people who help you hear? Um, you know, this is an interesting one because who helps Samuel hear? Eli. And Eli is extremely flawed. Right? You know, Eli is questionable in his discernment with Hannah. His, his discernment is off. He has, he fells his sons and he fells the people, but he doesn't fell Samuel here. He realizes that God is trying to speak and he directs Samuel in the proper direction. Who are you closest to? Are they helping you or hindering you from hearing from God? Bitterness, cynicism, complaining, gossip will not help you hear from God. It won't. And folks, if we're surrounding ourselves and, and, and I've, I've said often, I, I may be wrong about this, I think the sin of the older generation is bitterness and the sin of the younger generation is cynicism. I, I believe there's equal failures in, both, in all generations. And if we're surrounding our pe ourselves with people who are completely cynical to everyone and everything, then that cynicism will keep us from hearing from God. If we're surrounding ourselves from people who are completely bitter, Bitterness will keep us from hearing from God. My, my grandma Moore, my mom's mom, she was um, 
she was, uh, she was what we call a holy roller. If you know what a holy roller is, raise your hand, right? You know, she, she, her, her hair was never cut, but it was right on top of her head, okay? You never had TV in her house. You know, if you had cards in her house, that you were risking death if she caught those, caught you those, those face cards because we know that's bad. Okay, and uh, but but she, um, my, my sister walked in one time, and and somebody from the church was calling and complaining about something, and my my sister always laughs because my grandma had the phone down about right here and was just going, uh huh, yeah. Folks, we can determine what comes in. You have the ability to determine whether somebody influences you to or away from God. And thankfully, Samuel was surrounded by someone that directed him towards God and did not put barriers in his life that kept him from hearing God. And then finally, have you been obedient? Uh, speak, I am listening is my translation, but probably the better word here is hears. <laughs> it's the same word used in the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. See, see, hearing is listening with the goal of understanding. Hear, hearing is listening with the goal of obedience. It's listening towards action. See, it's possible. It's possible to listen but not hear. Amen? If you've been married, you understand what I mean. It's possible to listen and not hear, right? Husbands, be honest. Sometimes you listen and you don't hear. Uh, and, and this is a word that is moving towards obedience. And we see that Samuel is obedient with the word of the Lord. Eli says, Samuel, don't, don't hide from me anything that God has said. You know, this would be an awkward conversation, right? Uh, this is an awkward conversation. Well, by the way, yeah, you are in trouble, Eli. And he, and he doesn't. He, he tells him everything. Even though it was hard, he was obedient to the voice of God, and he shared what God was saying. See, there, there's a principle here. That, that God speaks, but the continued voice of God, the continuing speaking of God, is dependent on our willingness to be obedient to the point that God has taken us. And in the scripture, you see that, that God continues to, to speak and Samuel continues to obey. And it says something to the effect that, that, that none of Samuel's words fell to the ground. That, that God continues to be true to Samuel because Samuel continues to hear and be obedient to the voice of God. You, you know what I've found in my life? God typically, do you remember in the old days when you'd go on a, a trip you would go to AAA and you'd get what they called a trip tick. Anybody ever get a trip tick, right? You'd get a trip tick, you'd get it and have like three or four maps, depending on how far you're going, and have all the, and it'd be, you know, you could look where you were going way out. Now I use, I, I, I usually use my Google Maps 
when I go anywhere. Even when I drive home from the church, I use my Google Maps. I, I, I don't know why. Take me home, um, just in case, I guess. Uh, and, and, and it tells you, right? Turn right here. But it doesn't say, usually, oh, and, and three turns from now, it's turn by turn by turn. I have found my relationship with God is more turn by turn than triptych. I have found that, that where I am obedient to God step by step, He usually reveals the next step, not the next 10 steps. And so the question for you today is, have you been obedient as far as God has revealed? Have you said yes? Have you heard and put into action what God has conveyed to you to this point? In most cases, I'm, I'm not going to make this a universal truth, but in most cases, you're not going to get that next step until you follow this step. It's good news for us. God wants to speak. In your life, God wants to speak. And, and I would say this, that God is never silent as long as we have His Word. God is never silent as long as you have the church. God is never silent as long as you have other believers that can pray with you and for you. God is never silent. God has never been silent, not once in my life, because I've always had those things a part of my life. And so in your life, maybe God's not speaking in a radical, uh, revelation-like way where you hear a voice in the night, and some of you are saying, thank you, God, for not speaking to me like that, right? Uh, you know, it'd be a little bit scary, but God is always speaking. Most of the time in my life, it's not, as a matter of fact, I can't recall of any instances where I've heard voices. Most of the time, it's the still small voice of God within me that I've heard. But, but God continues to speak in that way. And, and, and God, I believe, God is inviting us to pray for a radical hearing of God that leads us to places you might not expect. You know, most of us like comfortable, right? But I believe God's calling His people ever more out to unexpected places to unexpected people. And so this is a little bit scary if, if you really do it, if, if it's like, okay, God, speak for your servant hears, and, and God says, just do everything the same and never change anything and stay in your house and be comfortable, you think, oh, thank you, God. But if he's saying, okay, that neighbor that seems a little standoffish, that, that person that's hurt you, that seems very difficult, to forgive, that, that thing that you need to give, that place that you need to serve, I believe God's going to speak some of those things into your life and my life, even today. And so the invitation today is, is a very simple one. Uh, to, to, to say what Samuel says, speak, Lord, 
before your servant hears. And if we're going to speak this and pray this and live this and allow God to speak, I think there has to be a vulnerability. That, that you know, the mask needs to be removed. That there needs to be an openness and honesty before God. I always kind of laugh when we pretend that God doesn't know us from the inside out. <laughs> You know, those masks that I wear, that you wear, may keep others from seeing, but God sees. And so this boy Samuel goes on and does great things. But because he lived this, speak now, Lord, your servant hears. What can God do in your life? What will God do in your life? If you pray that prayer authentically, honestly, openly, and obediently. Can you say it with me? Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. All heads bowed, all eyes closed. We're going to give you just a couple moments. Our, our altars are always available. They, they, you know, if you, if you want to come, if you want to, somebody pray with you, just kind of you know, grab somebody by the hand or motion towards me or, or someone else and we'll pray with you. But, but speak or, or pray for a few moments, ask God to speak, and then Pastor Bob's going to come and close us.